it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Foley is Pod. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer himself, the hardcore legend, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mick Foley. Mick, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Conrad. Uh, looking forward to a monumental final. This is the final episode. It is. Of Foley is Pod. So do you want to get the bad stuff out of the way first? Wow, man, there's been a, a lot of news, and, and, and we're excited to be on the road to WrestleMania, and that's our topic today. We're going to be talking about uh, some of your favorite WrestleMania moments, but uh, for better or worse, Vince McMahon was a large part of that, and he's been in the news this yeah, last week. Vince, he sure was. Man, he was a huge part of it. Yeah. Uh, his belief in me made all the difference in the world, from just being another guy to being uh, you know, one of his main guys. Uh, during that Attitude Era. And you can tell if anyone who's listened to a single episode knows the great fondness I have for Mr. McMahon. Uh, but it's just, I don't know all the facts, right. but man, it's uh, it's really ugly. Yeah, um, I feel some very similar, um, just like that dead inside feeling the way I had in 2007 yes. after the, the Benoit. Uh, murders, and uh, man, I just I, I hope it doesn't take away from people's amazing memories of all the things that uh, Mr. McMahon uh, created or helped create, including you know my my character and the programs that I was in. He was such a big part of it. Uh, I, I wish he'd really just stepped aside. You know, the first time we just heard a little hint of these allegations yeah um and i believe you brought up the uh the rain hotline yes uh, when you were talking with uh jeff and with um eric eric now you know i was a volunteer on the hotline for two years so i know the great work they do and if somebody is uh having a workplace difficulty uh or uh has a, a a difficulty in their you know personal life, their family life, family or life, or uh, or have been the uh, survivor of uh, an assault. Then rain r a i n n dot org is a is a great place to go to look for help. And one of the big differences they have now that they did not have when I was on the hotline, uh, man, it's going back 12, 13 years since I did the hotline. Uh, they did not have the means to safely and anonymously have a chat room for survivors. Mm. And now they do. And that's huge because I did a lot of reading, a lot of studying, and I tried to be the best volunteer I could, but I, I, don't, I haven't been in those shoes. Right. So if you go to rain.org, you not only can talk to a trained uh, volunteer, but you can talk amongst other people who may be in the same situation that you are. Well said, and we know where you are on that sort of thing and all the great work you've done with Rain, and I think we all agree we just want this uh, to end as best as it can uh, for all involved. Yeah, and for it to never happen. Yes. Obviously never happen again. We uh, we should talk about some good stuff in okay. modern wrestling. We Let's just saw it. a pretty fun Royal Rumble, record-setting Royal Rumble. Cody Rhodes wins again, back-to-back. -back. <laughs> and uh, we got a little surprise on the ladies' side. Bailey came out victorious. Uh, yeah. What would you think of the show? Well, I didn't see the show. It was on the road. It's one of the drawbacks. Uh, I, I did not see it. And in fairness, there were a few people I saw at the con who invited me to watch it. But then when it rolls around 7 p.m. and you're just... 
in your bed. Yes. The cons can take a lot out of you, you know? It's like a marathon. No, it's not a marathon because I can do three days at a con. I can't, <laughs> run, I can't run a marathon. <laughs> but it is, you need some energy yes. to go out there. And I just, I, I just, I just didn't watch it. Yeah. So I, I was, I really wanted to see Becky and uh, Mommy. Mm. And I don't know if that's going to happen now. It's always an interesting couple months to see how something that technically should be died in the wall. You know, once yes. you know, once you establish that, boom, off and running. And I've sometimes wondered if maybe the Rumble should be the the uh, pay per view in February. Yes. So that the momentum. I have seen the momentum die. Yes. And I've seen the the stipulations change so much that you wonder why there was even a rumble winner. Wow. Okay. But um, you know, when that did you make the the I think the most glaring <laughs> Blair I'm thinking the word obfuscation, even though I'm probably not even using it correctly, was when it was set, I think in two thousand four, to be a uh, uh, a singles match and then Shawn Michaels Yep. Super kicked one of the participants and signed his name, and I thought, I don't how did that know happen? If that's legal. I, yeah. I don't know if that's legally binding, uh, but uh, I, uh, it should be interesting. I yeah. mean, it's it's it. They call it the road to WrestleMania. I don't know if they've ever given a moment's thought to having the Rumble in January. I mean, in February instead of January, because it is such a. I mean, it's a great to me. It's a great service for the wrestling community. Yes. Because we're talking about the doldrums. Yes. We're talking about late January. Through, or these are the dreariest months of the year. Yes. And having the rumble and you know that, it, yeah, it's mania, but it's also springtime. I think it's been a great service for people to have something besides the Super Bowl to, to get to excited it. about. Yeah. yeah. No, I totally agree. Well, the world wants to know... Uh, What's going to happen with Cody Rhodes, of course, Seth Rollins, as we're recording this, uh, pled his case on Monday Night Raw saying Cody should challenge for his belt, the quote-unquote workhorse belt, the dusty belt. And a lot of people wonder, does Cody go with Roman or does he go with Seth? I think a lot of people would see the story not being complete unless it's Roman. Right. But we have heard rumors out there that Roman might be occupied. On Mania. What, what do you think about the rumor that perhaps The Rock would be involved in WrestleMania? Well, going back way over, you know, to a similar place last year, a year ago, although, no, there's, we're talking Clash of the Castle, and you asked me if I thought Drew McIntyre should have been put over, and I said, it remains to be seen if Roman holds the title until... Mania, this was last year, mm -hmm. and I thought it might be Rock last year. Right. Then it makes sense for Roman to have to drop the to uh, to hold on to it, but at this point, so many uh, how many what are you in a thousand days? Yeah, well the, over. Yeah, well like over thirteen hundred or I something. I mean, it's crazy. conceivable he could have lost the title to both. Yeah, <laughs> he he could have lost the title a couple times. Yes, to say Sammy to uh, uh, to give people that incredible rush when they leave, uh, in Sammy's case, it was, it was Montreal, right? Mm -hmm. In uh, Drew's case, it was uh, uh, it was Wales, right? That's right. Wales. Um, I don't know, looking at it now, if uh, it would have hurt Roman at all. 
to you could still be solidified as a really strong champion. So I don't I don't know. I'd love it. I I just I want whatever the right thing is for Cody. I think it has to happen this year. I would agree. I, I hope it does, and uh, I'm excited about it. And I'm interested to see if The Rock does come back. And I think if The Rock comes back, people want to see him in a tag team situation. 100%. They want to see Solo and Roman against The Rock and Sock. It's got to be. That's easy. That's why I've been shaping up the last (laughs) 25 minutes. (laughs) Hey, so we did get some big news. Your old pal Dwayne is now on the TKO board. What do you make of that, man? I like it a lot. You know, I'm sure he takes that job really seriously. I'm happy also for Dwayne that... um, the uh, United States Football League. And oh, yeah. I, I'm excited, man. They've got a team in Birmingham. They do. I, I want to go. Yeah. Like, I, I want to be part of this thing. You know, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, you know, I'm I'm bullish on rock in general. Sure. You know, I'm bullish on the Brahma Bull. So I think what a, he doesn't get involved in things unless he knows there's a good chance of making things better yes or you know or continuing excellence so i'm sure it's not an opportunity he took lightly and i'm really glad that he's on the board what about the uh, news that uh monday night raw next year will be moving to netflix did that shock you uh i was just glad to hear that i was penciled in for 10 percent of the Netflix deal. Congratulations, yeah, yeah, man. So. That explains why this is the last episode. Yeah, that's right. I don't need yeah. it. taking good. <laughs> I, I believe in round numbers, it would be zero uh, that I'll be receiving. But I'm proud to be a big part of that legacy. And sure. that stuff, you know, from an ancillary standpoint, does come back to help you out as far as comments oh, yeah. or whatever goes. So I'm really happy. I didn't see that coming. I don't know if anybody did, yeah. but uh, the streaming game, it's a big one. I mean, we saw the success that uh, Peacock had with yes. uh, the, the the Chiefs and Bills, mm-hmm. right? And people may have uh, grumbled about it, but they sure as heck signed up. And um, and now Netflix is looking to uh, extend and uh, deepen their uh, bench in, in terms of streaming, and WWE, I believe, is a valuable piece of that puzzle. Was the ink dry? <laughs> really? I mean, the timing was crazy. Did the ink dry before the lawsuit? It, it was 48 hours later. 48 hours, okay. It's a lot. It's just, it's just so sad. It's really it sad. It is. You know, it's really sad. Well, let's try to uh, let's try to talk about some fun WrestleMania moments, and we've got a ton of of news and notes here uh, of everything that led into some of your favorite moments. But we are in WrestleMania season. I think we should just try to be pretty conversational. When you think about your your personal WrestleMania moments, what would they be? Well, it's really the the big one was with Edge because what I liked about that angle was it cut very close to the bone, and that I asked Edge, "Hey, call me out on never having the big." WrestleMania moment. I think in fairness to me, when I retired for good, first time, that you didn't need that on your resume. Like you hadn't heard, there was no such phrase as WrestleMania moment, at least that I'm not aware of. Right. And I think when Sean proclaimed himself Mr. WrestleMania, that's when people started checking on someone's uh, pedigree to see have they had that great WrestleMania match. I'd had a couple of good matches. Yep. You know, uh, me and Terry against the uh, New, Age Outlaws. New Age Outlaws was a good match, but it was it probably could have used another five minutes. 
yeah. you know, to really strengthen it. But we were kind of in a rush, you know, to get everything in. Uh, talk about show-wise. So that was a good match. You know, the tag team match I had uh, me and Leon against uh, Davey and uh, Owen was a good match, but not anything you were going to be thinking about after the fact. And uh, and WrestleMania uh, 2000, the only one I main evented, I was the first man out of what turned into a good match. But I was, you know, I hadn't trained seriously. I had uh, retired for good uh, six weeks earlier. And so now 2004, to me, the landscape had changed where you kind of needed that magic moment. And I put a ton of pressure on myself. So uh, um, no doubt about it, to me, only one real magic moment. I guess in some ways sharing that victory with Terry Funk was really meaningful. But I mean, to go back and have the intention of putting that magic moment on the board with Edge and doing it, that was really that was really special. When you think about you know the the WrestleMania disappointments as they were, you know we know that you wound up in a tag match at WrestleMania 13. We talked about what you did at 14. You know with uh, and I had a match with Big Show at 15, uh, yeah, at and that's 15, what I wanted yeah. to ask you about because you know you had just won the world title and then you had that phenomenal. I mean we're still talking about it all these years later. Series of matches with The Rock, whether yeah. it was the halftime heat or the I quit match at the Rumble, and now you're not figured in for the world title at WrestleMania. Was that disappointing? Oh, really disappointing, because that was the year it was supposed to be a three-way. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be me, Rock, and Steve. And, uh, you know, the decision we've made at that time, it had to be a singles, even though in future years we would see several three-ways and really good three-ways. Personally, I believe Steve and Rock was the right call, but for me, uh, you know, it was it was disappointing. Uh, I think there's like a lost bit of footage when Kevin Kelly interviewed me after uh, the uh, uh, pink slip on a pole match with okay. The Rock where I lost. And my family was there because they'd come to the pay-per-view the night before in Memphis or Birmingham. And it was it uh, Memphis was the pay-per-view. But Memphis was the uh, St. Valentine's Day yeah. Massacre okay. where, where Big Show debuted. Right. Oh, it was? Okay. Yes. And that's where Rock and I had the uh, double knockout, yes. the Rocky Two finish. Um, and so it was the night after that that uh, I, lost the t- I lost the opportunity to go to uh, Mania with The Rock. And when Kevin Kelly interviewed me, I broke down. And uh, that's not one of the things I'm able to do. You know, I remember... When I got emotional in front of the uh, the cell structure yeah. at the uh, warehouse, my son Huey said, Dad, that wasn't very believable. And I was like, what do you mean it wasn't believable? He goes, why would someone cry in front of a you know, cage? And I was like, I don't know. But I said, I couldn't cry when I tried, you right. know, four or five times in my career. That's just not something I've ever been able to do. So I was, you know, I didn't realize how upset I was until I had a chance to give voice to it. So I did. I missed out. And that was the whole reason that Vince decided to put me in the main event the next year, even though I didn't think I deserved it and didn't really want it. All right, listen up. We've got great news. We're excited to announce a new affiliate partnership with Fanatics and the WWE Shop. It's an easy way to support your favorite podcasts. Shop official WWE gear and apparel by using our special URL, shopwrestlingmerch.com. That's shopwrestlingmerch.com. Or if you're watching along with us on YouTube, just hit that QR code that's up on the screen right now and check out the description below for the link. We'll have it up on all of our socials as well. 
but you can shop with confidence for your favorite WWE superstar tees, hoodies, caps, championship belts, and more with the WWE shop. And don't forget to use our special link shopwrestlingmerch.com. Not only we get some great deals and some great swag, but it's also an easy way to support the show. That's shopwrestlingmerch.com. I'm I'm fascinated by the idea of the weird spots you had to be in in 1999 because you're now this sympathetic babyface right. hero and clearly Stone Cold is is the hottest star oh, in the sure, business. Yeah. So it would have been weird for there to be three way. Sure. Well, I just, it, just you and he, so like yeah. it couldn't have been singles as I understand it. I mean, I've heard through the years when people were making the argument that it needed to be too, you were still included, yeah. but, but the thing that's questionable to me is I just couldn't imagine you and stone cold because at that point you're both baby faces. Well, I think, I think Sean, who was bad Sean at the time. Okay. Uh, you know, he was impulsive and he, you know, he was very opinionated and he actually thought it, he was the one that went in to push the singles match. <laughs> and he did change their mind because when he went in to make it a singles match, uh, came out and it was, but I wasn't, I was not part of it. So and five uh, years later, he inserted himself into a three-way main event <laughs> at WrestleMania. And, and it was a great three-way. Yes. Mean, it, was, it was an amazing match. What do you uh, think about that though today? Would a three-way because it's been a while since we've seen something like that. Well, do you think for it example, I thought, and this is no disrespect to Charlotte. Charlotte's generational talent, uh, but I thought, for example, the women's match should have been Becky and um, Ronda a handful of years ago. I thought that was the match that people wanted to see, and it was still really good and done really well. But I think sometimes you just want to see those two people. Yes. Uh, that we know, we kind of know the art of the three-way match. A lot of people do, you know, like when you're in them, you know, you'll, and you're taking that strategic rest, you'll hear fans going, hey, you were thrown off a cell and now this keeps you down for 10 minutes. You just have to suspend disbelief and then focus on those people in the, in the, in the, in the ring. But, uh, you know, it's, it comes with its own advantages, mm -hmm. breakups of false finishes and, uh, people teaming up who normally wouldn't team up, but as a purist, I still think a singles match is the uh, the way to go. So let's talk about you know the next year after you. Well, I guess we should ask about the Big Show match. What did you think of the Big Show match? Were you disappointed in it? Were you happy? Well, with I it? think the only thing people remember is that I, he squashed me like a bug when I was on his back, um, and then I was able to make the <laughs> Spirit of '76. Even though I wasn't bleeding from a head wound, anytime in wrestle speak you come back from an injury, it's spirited. Well, no, yeah. it is specific to the head wound, but I did come back and I got to referee uh, the last five minutes of that match. Most deafening noise I've ever heard. So in a weird way, even though I was the guest referee, you know, when Steve said "thanks, kid," you know, as I was counting to three, like I felt like I was a part of something really special yeah so i mean it was really it was very nice of events to include me uh, you know the following year but in a weird way i felt like i had that taste of the main event um but the only thing people remember i think is that big show squashed me like a bug uh when i was on his back and in all i mean i should you know that's one of those things you show that to a uh, orthopedic guy, and they shake their head and say, ah, I have no idea how he got up from that. You know, there's right. no magic trick. 
involved. Um, but I think years later, uh, Cody actually <laughs> used a clip of that match to build up his match with Big Show because he was saying that Big Show, you know, this is heel Cody. Right. Right, this is heel Cody before he left and became, you know. Babyface Cody. Babyface Cody and grown-up Cody. Yes. Um, that he was pointing to uh, one of the spots in our match, which I guess was a bungle or what are the kids calling it today? A botch. Botch, yeah. <laughs> Bungle mania coming your way. <laughs> Yeah. Not to be confused with Bung Hole Mania, <laughs> no, which no, went straight no. to DVD. Straight to DVD. All right. So there was a, a a spot in the match that they bungled. We bungled, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah and, yeah, and and Cody played it. Cody played it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. You know, I've, I've talked before. You remember the things that went really well. You remember the things that went uh, not so well or yes. really badly. And then everything else is kind of in a in a vacuum. That's why even on our show, you've had to remind me of certain matches. Sure. That I just didn't, uh, hadn't struck me as being particularly memorable. When you think about, you know, some of those less than memorable WrestleManias, I know one of the ones that you weren't really thrilled with was the WrestleMania 20 match with The Rock. Only because I didn't dig down deep. Only because I set my sights on having a good match and not messing up. Yeah. You know, there was a ton of pressure on me. Sure. And then when I walked out to the garden, I felt overwhelmed. Because I'm walking there with The Rock, who at that point was one of the biggest stars in the yes. world. Now he's the biggest star. Yes. But uh, 20 years ago, he was certainly one of the biggest stars. And then you have the, the nature boy who's always feeling it. Like he's, you know, like... He's, he wakes up on. He's on, and I just felt suddenly overwhelmed. It's Madison Square Garden. I haven't wrestled in five months. I had worked for six months to drop 70 pounds, wow. you know, but I'd blown up uh, in ungodly fast fashion when I faced off against Randy. And I remember thinking, like, as we're slugging away, I'm like, how could I possibly be, uh, you know, gassed out? As hard as I worked, you know, night in and night out, going to the Gold's Gym at, you know, 1 a.m. in the freezing cold, you know, like, I thought, okay, I'm ready, you know. And from a standpoint of being on the bike or the... Uh, the um, elliptical? Elliptical. I felt like I was ready. And then you get in there and it's a whole different ball game, brother. The... Um the WrestleMania moment thing, had, had that been something that you thought of before that promo with Edge? I mean, had it always been in the back of your mind? Did it had been on my mind since, at least since 2004, because The Rock was so good in that match, and he was coming back from a lengthy absence, too. Yes, yes. You know, and I just, man, the idea of just playing it safe and playing not to lose. You don't, nobody succeeds by playing not to lose. It's the, it's the worst way to compete at anything. And so I should have put it out there, and I should have taken my swings, but I was, you know, to use the baseball motif, I was content that night to single cleanly up the middle yes. instead of, you know. And that's great, but it's not like, you know, watching a, you know, a ball take off into a purple twilight sky and chart its course. Like, that's magical. Yeah. You know, whereas playing it safe and having a good match and relying on your partner to make it special, which is what I did, uh, 
nothing glorious about that. So that's the one I look back as the should have, could have, would have. You know, and it was good. Yeah. I've heard it was good, but I have not watched it in, in its entirety because I don't want to watch something that I know I didn't put everything I had into. For the first time ever, StarCast goes international. Oceania Pro Wrestling and Visit Victoria present StarCast Down Under, set to take Ballarat, Victoria by storm from April 11th through to April 14th bringing the StarCast experience to Australia. And with all the staples of StarCast that have made it a wrestling fan's dream destination, meet and greets with your favorite wrestling stars of yesterday and today. Live stage shows including a Sunday with Bret Hart, a retrospective on his Hall of Fame career, including a special watch-along celebration of the 30th anniversary of the Hitman's legendary WrestleMania 10 match against his brother Owen. Also including an audience Q&A with the excellence of execution. We'll also have live wrestling shows, in-ring action, including Mickey James's all-women's show, Her, and a special supercard, Bret Hart's Australian Stampede. All this along with the photo ops, autographs, merch and memorabilia, making Ballarat the place to be this April. Never before has a weekend like this taken place in Australia until now. StarCast Down Under, presented by Oceania Pro Wrestling and Visit Victoria. Tickets are available now. Visit StarCast.com for more information. Let's talk a little bit about that WrestleMania moment that you're so fond of with you and edge in Chicago and you're wrestling as cactus Jack there. Was I? Well, I mean, you're yeah, at least, kind of, yeah. you, you look like cactus right, Jack yeah, yeah. and you're doing hardcore stuff. I'm wondering right. like, you know, was that important to you to, to represent that character at, it was important to me to have that kind of match. Because yes. A, I didn't think I could have a regular match that would be particularly memorable. I needed my toys at that point, Conrad. I needed both who I thought the, uh, the best all-around worker in the business, which I thought Edge was at that time. Performance combined with character, promos, um, ability to elevate people. I thought he was the, the best in the business. And we had a really good match uh, because he was there. I guess I was, I was working hard. One thing I told him, I, and I don't advocate this, especially not for people of my age, because remember, I, this was 20 years ago. I was 38 and not 58. Um, or was I 40 in 2000? I, was, I think I was uh, almost 39, 40. Um, but I told Adam, I, I need one shot to like put me into another reality. I might walk out there as Mick Foley. One good shot is gonna jolt me into being Cactus Jack. And that's where the, you know, the, the cookie sheet to the head, uh, boom. Okay. Now I'm ready. I need, I needed that. I swear. And I think if you look back to almost all my return matches, you did something like it that. It did something like that. Yeah. Why do you think that works that way for you? I think because as time went on, the, <laughs> the traits that made that character work and memorable were not traits I carried with me in my everyday life. I got you. So tougher, stronger, braver. And meanwhile here, well, this is years before I became Santa, but at that point I was becoming kinder, gentler, yes. more patient. And those are great attributes. And if you, you know, and I, not that I wasn't kind and gentle and patient as a dad, but it was easy for me 
say in 1995, to go to drop my wife and kids off at a park, go to a, 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 the house of one of the, the cameramen in ECW, cut the, uh, cut the um, Kane Dewey promo, cut the Uncle Willie promo and one other promo, get all that off my, you know, out of my head, and then go pick up my kids and I'm a normal guy. Um, but as time went on, I needed to work harder and harder and harder to get into that mode, and it be and it wasn't something I could easily get rid of. Like when going skipping ahead a few years, uh, several years, when I was you know on the road to doing that uh, match with uh, Moxley, I I couldn't get out of that zone, and it felt really it was it felt like it was a dark cloud hanging over me. It really did. Like I wasn't able to think about the, the, the wild stuff and the cool stuff and the disturbing stuff and just let go of it. It was like a cloud that wow. hung around me all the time. Yeah, it really was. How did you shake loose of that? I stopped doing matches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I mean, that was 2012. I mean, that was when I was called in and I, you know, and I failed my uh, um, impact tests. Yeah. You know, my concussion tests. Failed it uh, through WWE and an independent uh, uh, neurologist. So they kind of took my, to use the bat, the baseball motif, kind of took my bat, the bat out of my hand and made the decision for me. A lot of people listening to this will never go through an impact test. Can you describe what that's like? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, if you know how, I, I've heard that some people will game the test by purposely not doing as well as they can, which only hurts them. The idea is you're going to take a base test and compare it with your results after you've you know received a head injury to see where the uh, differentiation is, um, but mine was so bad as far as a short-term memory that I realized as it was going on that I wasn't doing very well. And then when the neurologist asked me to recite back you know the words at the beginning of the test, it was like I just my jaw just dropped. You know I didn't had no recollection. A few of the things I've done though to work hard to make things better is the one-man show. Yes, sir. Really helpful. Doing the podcast, really helpful. The cameos, and I swear this isn't just a cheap plug, but you can get one at cameo.com slash Mick Foley. But the truth is when I'm doing the, the, the cameos and I'm thinking of things as I'm doing them, and sometimes when I break into the song, I don't even have my rhyme. And I'm creating the rhyme as I'm talking. And I always have the ability to turn it off. But I've worked really diligently, you know, really. I remember coming out of uh, one of the one-man shows in Boston, and Chris Nowinski was there. And I was like, Chris, this might sound crazy, but I feel like I'm getting better. And he said, Mick, what you're doing on the stage, he goes, you're, you're memorizing stories, you're working on new stories, you're playing off the crowd. It's like gymnastics for your brain. Yes. And so, uh, you know, as much as I sometimes say, man, I'd just like to just you know, lead a quiet life. I don't, I think I need these things yes. to keep sharp. Yes. Uh, because I will say that when I listen, not just after, not, and I'm not, when I talk about beyond the mat, I'm not just talking about the way I was after the match. I'm talking about, you know, my coherence during the movie. I feel like I'm sharper now than I was in 98. Wow. And, uh, you know, I mean, people can go back and listen. No, I'm not claiming I know everything. It's not, and I don't retain knowledge the way that I used to, 
but I feel like I'm yeah, pretty, pretty, pretty sharp these days. I wanted to ask you about other WrestleManias because we know that you were at like the WrestleMania 30 pre-show panel, but you didn't actually appear on the pay-per-view, but you did 32. So we'll talk about 32 in a minute, but were there shows that you wished you could have been a participant or done something? It just didn't work out. No, I've been uh, happy. Um, I mean, this year I'm going away doing a little counter programming. I think it's just me and Sting. Uh, Sting will do one day, I believe. Sting does the one day. He does the three or four hours in one day. And so he's able to do a couple things in a weekend. Um, so I, I was like, I don't know if I would have gone to WrestleMania if Stacy Keebler had not asked me to induct her. Wow. But I was really happy to do that. It was nice to catch up with everyone. I had the whole family, uh, except Dewey, I think, backstage with me. Uh, and that was fun. But I mean, I've, I, I've watched many a WrestleMania uh, with friends or family, um, you know, and I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't mind. I'm pretty sure I've been invited in some way most of the time. Sure. But if an invite doesn't come, I don't feel left out. Like I feel like what I've done makes me part of that 40 year tradition. And I may have already told John Cohn, hey, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not going to be around uh, this mania. So I've got a good, I've got a good relationship with the people there. Where can people find you uh, this WrestleMania? This WrestleMania, I'll be at the Las Vegas Toy Show, uh, which is a convention. Sure. You know, toys. Hey, I'm so happy. The three faces of Foley are out. Hell yeah. They are out. Have I should have brought one. Have you seen them in person yet? I have, yeah. That's they awesome. sent me one a couple months ago, and I did a box opening. Then they sent me a, another six-pack. And when I was at a con this past weekend, I signed the first one. Wow. Three different colors, so I'm really excited about it. If people do see me on the road, like you know, like I want that to look good. Yes. So I mean, I look. I accept some people are going to put them up for sale, and that's their. Explain what you mean about three colors. I know three colors. So the three faces. What's really neat about this is, unlike the Jacks three face of Foley, which was a great addition, but the you know the detail that's gone into these. The technology is so much greater. So much better. Uh, so it's no longer just an artist chipping away at a sculpture to make your face. You get the whole face with the 360 surround. And it's three different figures that fit into one box. Then the box has it's got a great opening. I mean, when they originally showed it to me, I was like, it's a great box, but this isn't a box made for signing, you know? And so they took my... Uh, my concerns, mm -hmm. and then the next thing I know, a few weeks ago, a few weeks go by, and I'm seeing an image there, and it looks spectacular, and so I'm really excited about it. So I'll, uh, you know, Dude Love usually gets the blue okay. with the, with the uh, red heart. Cactus Jack gets the yellow. There you go. Uh, Mankind. I'm probably going to go with an orange, or I could do whatever colors the, you know. The orange would pop. Or orange on Mankind pops, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's really exciting because I did not think, you know, this is 24 years after I stopped wrestling full time, uh, and I've got a three pack out there, That's which crazy. is going to become a you know I think a, so how many uh, boxes sell I don't know, but I do feel like the people who get them will be happy with it. Yes. The people who take them to get signed will even be happier with it. I wanted to ask you about the dude love character because he never got a WrestleMania moment. You know, in hindsight, do you wish you could have had a match? No, like no, that? absolutely not. Uh, that's not 
Dude, look, Barry Blaustein went to see uh, me wrestle Jim Neidhart at the Garden. And uh, I'd completely forgotten about that. And I said, how was it? He goes, it was fun. It wasn't good, but it was fun. Now, when you're at Mania, it has to be good. Yes. You know, and uh, I, I love when I talk about cameos, dude has kind of reinvented himself yes. on cameo. Because <laughs> when I was trying to be Dude Love again uh, for the first season where I was a guest on Most Wanted Treasures, I had trouble finding not only the character but the voice, and I sounded more like Dusty than I did Dude. <laughs> and there's actually a video where I was doing the, uh, the thank you video. Uh, there's a video out there where I am doing thank you videos for the people who contributed to I Am Santa Claus, and I've got my son uh, Huey with me, and Huey was just a little feller. And I even stopped myself, and I go, I, I sound more like Dusty Rhodes than I do Dude Love. So dude was always a work in progress, you yep. know? I mean, I think he had his best matches when he was heel dude. Um, uh, and now he's had found a second life, another life on Cameo. But I think we're all fortunate that dude love never had the opportunity for a WrestleMania moment because he'd been given that opportunity. Brother, he would have failed, yeah. You have a character that's designed to not be as good as the other characters, right? And so I don't know if you need that type of guy on a Mania card. Let's talk um, a little bit about your last WrestleMania appearance. I think that's 32, right? 32 is when, you know, you and Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels oh, yeah, all yeah. ran together with League yeah. of Nations. And I think that's still the record. Like, that was the biggest event in WWE history. Over 100,000 fans that are there in say, Dallas, right? Texas. 101,000 sounds good. It's unbelievable. And and I, I can't help but think about you thinking back to your first WrestleMania, which would have been 13. Yeah. And it's the Rosemont Horizon, and, and there were a lot of fans there, and they were excited. But to go from the Rosemont Horizon to 101,000. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to take uh, both size this position say is one of the coolest things in the world because first of all i should have gone out first then sean then steve why sean music played i don't know i come out second i had dropped 50 at that point and it would eventually drop another 50 but i was under 300 i was 288 i i didn't have sneakers someone had to go out and get me a pair of sneakers and i'm just thinking on the walk don't limp whatever you do don't limp just try don't limp don't limp don't limp and I thought that all went well. And then when Steve's music hit, knowing human nature, I thought not a soul in the place is going to be looking at me. Yes. So I'm going to take this all in. And I looked around, and because I'd never been in a, uh, a building never, like a that. building close to that, and I likely never would again. Yes. So I just took it all in, and it was incredible. But now. Oh, you just have to trust me. I've seen the sales figures on the Santa memoir. Not a very good chance anyone out there has read it. <laughs> but when I did the audio, I actually broke down um, because I got very emotional when they called me a day later to come do some rereads. Because when you do audio, even if you take a breath or a swallow, you, the whole sentence is no good. So I came back, they had about 12 sentences for me to, to reread. And I said, you don't want me to do the ending over? And they said, no, that's, that's perfect. So what I said was that when I was, a, you know, when I was a teenager, or even when I started in wrestling, I wrote down this list of goals. I was definitely in wrestling. This was 96, I think, when I did my list of goals. 
and I went down one by one, and it was, you know, uh, headline a pay-per-view that does over a one, whatever the 1.0 rating. Check. Check. Uh, main event, Madison Square Garden. Check. Check. Like, I had a chance to do all of these things, and then I said, just talk specifically about the 101,000 people, and I said, it was great. I mean, it was incredible, but I can't tell you for sure that it was better than being, and I recalled a, a visit I made on Christmas Day, which I thought, as Santa, where I thought it was one of my top 10 performances ever. Wow. And when I walked out of there, like, I really felt like I had left, <laughs> like I had left it all out there. It was just great. It was a great appearance in the, you know, the looking ahead, the, the little boy who didn't have a hair in his head and was so tired and exhausted in the hospital, I didn't think he'd, even recollect that I was there, which is why I made the home visit. He's a completely healthy teenager. His, his parents showed him the book, and he said, Mom and Dad, hold, I, I want to be alone for a few minutes. And he went and he recorded a video for me. And it was really great. So I want people to know that as amazing as it is to have that WrestleMania moment, this is where I enter, I'm dangerously close to DDP area territory okay. here. Like, we define for ourselves what our WrestleMania moment is. Yes. So if I tell you that being in that house with only four other people and the three adults were crying, that that, that was just as good in being in front of the 101,000, I want people to take that at face value. You yes. know, that I, I do mean that. So... Uh, that's why I think I'm able to joke around about being Mr. In Your House. Yes. Because I joke around about it. But deep down, I'm so proud of those matches. You should be. That I had with Sean and uh, Steve and uh, and Taker. Those were some of my favorite matches. And I love the idea that I could get the spy spotlight. I mean, on one hand, I would have loved to have wrestled Sean or Taker at Mania. Or Steve, you know. I mean, the one time I had the main event was in a four-way and I was the first guy out. And uh, in my heart, didn't really want to be there anyway since I'd had such a, a great and fulfilling retirement match. Uh, but we all get to determine what our big moments are, and you don't need someone putting a label on it, whether it's WrestleMania or main event in WrestleMania. Right. And I hope that all of the, uh, anyone, you know, it's, it's a, I, clearly I hope that people in the wrestling business can glean a little bit of wisdom from that, but also anybody in any business or in any walk of life can decide for themselves what their big moments are. Well said. Thank well you. said. Um, any memories from uh, WrestleMania 32, like actually being in the ring once Austin got in there? Did it feel... Well, yeah, yeah. The... <laughs> I'm just... Oh, I found the spot on my forearm. Okay, it's still there. It still hurts. Reason being, you have a tender spot. I have a tender spot right, right here. I can find it every time. This is going back eight years, right? Yeah. So uh, I'm sitting back there. I'm nervous, right? And I know I'm going to come in. I'm on the no touch list, so I can hit them. They can't hit me. I'm going to do the big running knee. I'm going to do the forearms in the corner, and then that's pretty much all she wrote. And Seamus comes up and he goes, right before he goes out for his match, he goes. I want you to hit me as hard as you can in the head, fella. And I said, uh, I, I think I can make it look good without doing that. And he looks me right in the eye and goes, as hard as you can. As hard as you can. 
and that took all the weight off my shoulders. Sure. So when I got in there, now I had worked really hard on the, the 50 pounds. You know, I had a personal trainer, and I, you know, later on I started doing DDP and wow. going swimming and all that stuff. And especially when you're in the pool and you're doing your uppercuts and your hooks until you're just exhausted. I mean, that really is a good thing for the forearms, right? And bing, 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 bing. So I watched them back, and I wondered if someone had sped up the film. Wow. I was like, I don't think that's me in there. But I hit Seamus as hard as I could, 28 times. It wasn't just 10. It was like, he was okay two minutes later, and I could still point to the spot eight years later where my, where my forearm, it's really sore. It's really sore. I'd love to, it's probably some calcium buildup on an x-ray, you know, but that may have been the, I still think they would look good. Yeah. But I go back to like 99 when I was in the corner with Hunter, and he was like, bringing out the best of me, that was kind of how it felt with Seamus because he's in his glory, you know? I'm hitting him as hard as I can, and it's WrestleMania. <laughs> and he was a fan of mine, and so I, I think we both we both enjoyed that. Remind us about the story with Hunter in the corner where he brought out the best of well, Yeah, well, I'd just done the, the big reveal, um, switching from Mankind to Cactus Jack, which Hunter could have sn <laughs> snubbed and nipped at the bud, right? If he just didn't sell it, or if he sold it like, yeah, it's the same guy in a different shirt. Yeah. And instead, he sold it like it was a ghost from his past, and like it was a whole new human being. Yes. So that when I did hit the ring, he instinctively knew I have to, I have to bring it. And so I was in that corner, and he was like, you know, just little things. It says you're not, you're not writing a dissertation in there, yeah. but just come on, come on, come on, come on, boom, boom. And so when I did the running knee, I actually, I think I bruised my sternum. I never wow. went to the doctor for it, but it was sore for about three weeks because I don't think I had moved that fast before. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's probably going to be the last time we see you in a ring doing anything physical at WrestleMania. That's a, that's a pretty cool way to go out in there with Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold. It's Goodness not bad, gracious. Right? Not bad. And then we had this uh, spacious dressing room, and Cena was back there, and, uh, you know, and, uh, and The Rock stopped by, and Steve. Was, it was really cool. It's really cool. My kids didn't know Dewey, uh, no, no, Noel and, uh, and Huey were there. And they didn't even, I didn't tell them I was going to be on the ring. Oh, yet. wow. So that they was. They lost their mind. That was a really, yeah, it was cool. And my and Dewey was there because he was working for WWE at the time. He just started, I think he just started working with them. Wait, Do you or, think no, he, no, no, no. This was 2016. Yeah, 2016, he had just started working with them. Would you think he'll continue to pursue wrestling? Dewey, no. It's been two years. He showed no interest in it. You know, I mean, there's a big burnout factor. You know that it's yeah. just. It's uh, even people who, like Freddie Prinze Jr., who talk about it, you know, uh, lovingly uh, or fondly. Yes. Uh, they'll, they'll tell you it's, it's really difficult. Like Jonathan Coachman said, you know, you're expected to bring it every day, and they do expect that. So when we think about, you know, WrestleMania, obviously – we fans sort of consider that the Super Bowl of wrestling. Right. Do you think the boys consider it that way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now that WrestleMania is a two-day event, which I think is a great move. Yes. As we've talked before, it was really hard to peak for a main event, mm -hmm. after, not only after a seven-hour show, 
but taking into consideration that at least half the people there have done a minimum of five events. Yes. And some people have done 10 events or more. It's just really hard to peak if you're the main event. If yes. you're anything after that fourth hour, it's difficult. It's tough. To get an audience emotionally up to create a situation where you can have that classic match. Uh, so Mania is still the biggest event, but I think uh, the Rumble is the greatest night of the year. I would agree. The yeah. most fun night of the year. I anticipate the Rumble. I mean, that's what's great about the Rumble is we already know what the match is next year. Yeah. Like, we don't know what the match is for WrestleMania even yeah. this year. But we know next year what you to look expect. look forward to it. And with a couple hiccups along the way, I think I mentioned that uh, when the Rumble was in Philadelphia, there was a big blizzard coming in, so I did the driving. So I dropped my kids off, and when I picked them up, I didn't need to know who won to know that people weren't happy. Right. Because everyone had a slow gait, had their head down. So and I, and I think I put out a post at that time saying that, you know, the Rumble is in danger of becoming just another show, which I thought at that time it was. And clearly that's not the case anymore because they're, they've really done a good job. And I think and I had said that I was, you know, months and months, maybe even a year ago, I was giving Hunter an A, and it depends on where things went. Uh, and although this is a grade from someone who's not closely watching the product, I'd have to give him an A+. Plus yeah. Because he, he has stuck to programs that needed the longevity. Uh, the character uh, building has been really good. And I think you can see, you know, that he has been given more, more reign to create the big shows the way he sees fit. And I think WWE is really benefiting from that. I have to totally agree. I think WWE is as hot as they've ever been right yeah. now. And, I'm excited to see what they do at WrestleMania, but I wanted to ask about, you know, if whether or not the boys felt like it was, you know, the Super Bowl of wrestling, even from an outsider perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm not pretending that you're friends with Okada, but he is like the hottest free agent in wrestling yeah. right now. And and there's reports out there that perhaps Tony Khan and AEW would allow a schedule where he could still live in Japan. Perhaps WWE would require he live here in the States. But allegedly, Okada would really like to perform at a WrestleMania. Would that shock you? That, no. I mean... No, I mean, you know, going back decades when the garden, Madison Square Garden, was essentially the pay-per-view. Yes. You know, if you had the garden on your schedule, it was going to be a big month. And they would bring in big stars that uh, the rest, that the WWF fans may not have been aware of and that you largely heard about through the magazines. But like Dusty. Mil Mascaris. Mil Mascaris and Dusty Rhodes, you know. But I remember Dusty cutting a promo on... uh, on Adrian Street, and I'd never heard of Adrian Street. I think it yeah. was 83. And then uh, and Anoki would have a chance to wrestle over there. So I th- in the same way that I think fans are really grateful to see someone like Jordi Ann Grace in the women's rumble, they want to see the biggest stars. So why not just give guys a chance to blow the roof off the place, even if there's not a heck of a lot of build there? I'm excited to see uh, what happens at this year's WrestleMania, but I'm also curious... If you recall having that post-show glow at a WrestleMania, you've told us before yeah. that you feel like there's this high that you can't really come down from. And I know we even talked about, as silly as it sounds, that euphoria was there even at Ric Flair's last match. Yeah, which, yeah. make no mistake, was not a WrestleMania. But it still felt like everyone was just all smiles. Yeah. And there was an energy. There was definitely an energy. Was that always the case for WrestleMania for you or no? 
You know, the going back to the the moment uh, where I, I just strange moment, and people have heard me refer to this uh, occasionally on the one man shows. I had this strange potpourri of <laughs> burnt hair, charred flesh, and and uh, blood. Because, you know, when the, the hair on your arms singes, you know, it stinks. And the blood is a heavy iron smell and the burnt hair, charred flesh and blood. And then Earl Hebner is making the three count and I feel this giant weight off my shoulders. So with that weight off my shoulders, I think the surreal aspect of mania for me is that I've got all this blood in my hair. It's all congealed on one side of my face. And it was the nature boy who lent me a shampoo. So I got the Nature Boy shampoo, and then when I go out to the monitor, the seat that's available in front of the monitor is next to Vern Gagne. Oh, wow. And I thought, here are two things that probably no one had on their bingo card, especially when I begin my my journey into wrestling in 85, Flair's the NWA champion, right. Vern's the AW champion. I'm bumming shampoo from one of the champions, and then it was only a, a matter of uh, a year or two before Vern passed away. Yeah. But he was, uh, you know, uh, he, yeah, he was, he was okay. I mean, he may have been showing signs, but it was just this a surreal feeling of watching that. And then you have the job well done. Edge is really happy uh, with the way things turned out. So I knew, even you know, I mean, the fans eventually determine you know who had the classics. But I think one of the things that's helped that match over the years is that it's only ten and a half minutes long. Yes. So you can squeeze that in. You can that can be one of the matches you show to a non-fan where they go, "Whoa, I had no idea they did this." So within the ten minutes, I think we we told a good story. There was a lot of action, and everything that Edge does is going to be done right. Uh, Lita played an invaluable part in that match. So I'm like. She took a ride on my shoulders, and this is what you know. This is the way we put it. Like I said, you don't have to do this, but I'd like to know if you'd consider <laughs> jumping on my back so that when I clothesline edge over the top rope, you're going over too. And I said, but you need to know at a certain point you're all on your own, so that when I come over, you need to find a way to escape. Or do you feel comfortable doing that? And she did, man. And she she rocked it. You know, I would have felt awful if she got hurt. Yeah. And she she jumped ship at just the right time, and it turned out to be a really cool uh, spot. And because I wasn't instigating, <laughs> you know, the, I did give her Mr. Sacco. Sure. Uh, but she did such a great job in there and set up the, you know, the, the, the flaming table. So, yeah, I was, I was really happy with that. Hey, in my real life, man, I'm helping people save money. I'd be glad to help you, too. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to get out of that apartment, if you're looking to sell your house, if you're looking to fix your credit uh, so you can buy a house, if you're looking to get some pro tips on how to save money to buy a house or how much you need to buy a house, or maybe you're just trying to save some money on your current bills, maybe get rid of some credit card debt, maybe consolidate a car payment. Maybe you just need some cash to do some remodels around the house. Whatever it is, we can help you at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. I mean, if we can't help you save some cash, we won't waste your time. Because you can get a quick quote, even talk to a live person right now at savewithconrad.com or give us a call toll free, 888-425-0105. By all means, give us a buzz, ask for me. We're right here on the parkway in Huntsville, Alabama, but licensed pretty much all over the country. 
and able to help you remotely. Uh, seriously, think of me next time you need something in that area. You got a friend in the business. You can also just drop me an email, conrad at savewithconrad.com. If I can be helpful, I'd love to do that. I'd love to let my family help your family. And don't just take my word for it. Go check us out. We've got an A-plus with the BBB. And you can read all of our five-star reviews. There's more than a 1,000 of them at conradreviews.com. Uh, but savewithconrad.com, that's your hookup, man. Do you think um, some wrestlers, I mean, I've heard that, you know, being the main event of WrestleMania is the high watermark for a lot of guys. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger than that. But so many don't get to go on last. Right. Like a great wrestler, like even like Ric Flair, when he was there and wrestled uh, Shawn Michaels in his last match, it didn't close the show. Right. When he had the world title match against Randy Savage in Indianapolis, it didn't close the show. Do you think it's important who closes the show no. at WrestleMania? It's not to I you. don't. No, I don't. Because uh, the truth is Hulk Hogan didn't close a lot of the house shows, especially at the Garden when they wanted to sell tickets during intermission. Yes. Uh, so you look at the guys who technically were in the main event, and they would often be a six-man, and it wasn't Hogan. Same yes. thing with backline. I mean, that's just the way WWE did things. A yeah, lot for of the times, return matches. Yeah, if there was going to be a return match, it would go on earlier. Uh, I, I love sending people home happy. I yes. do. You know, this is one of those things where I, when I was the general manager and Vince was making the calls, it was like you had Sasha lose to Ashley, uh, Charlotte, in Boston. Yep. And then you have Charlotte lose to Sasha in Charlotte, like yes. it just like why just for the sake of doing it, you yes. know, like you're not going to become predictable if you send people home happy once in a while, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> so was that a bummer for you last year when when Roman won and when we didn't send people home happy, like Cody didn't finish bit, the story? A little bit, a um, little But I also feel like the work that was done subsequently on Cody's character. Yes, and the, you know, the, I mean. The Brock Lesnar thing is uh, like a baptism of fire. Like he comes out of that. It's like, okay, for those who were on the fence, they were now, I believe, like, okay, Cody can be the guy. So that if he if he were to win that uh, from either of the champions, I think, uh, I don't think it has any problem passing the credibility test. I'm wondering if it does wind up being The Rock and Roman closing the show, and Cody, for some reason, does pick Seth. I mean, it doesn't make sense to put the title on Rock. We're going to get the same thing again, right? Roman Unless they go home. with the uh, tag team, Rock and Sock. Oh, well, there's yeah, always yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, goodness gracious. I don't mind dropping the fall in the main event. <laughs> and you've got a Mr. Sokka ready to come right out of retirement, I, I, right? I am ready, man. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. I'm kind of surprised that The Rock would even consider it. Like, I don't pretend to know what his movie schedule is, but as I recall, when he wrestled John Cena, he walked away with a few injuries. He did. And that was 11 years ago. So the idea that we're going to come back and do it again 11 years later, that's a tall ask to be in the main event. I it mean, is. It is. It's, it's not okay to just be good. You need it to be great. And you're seeing, uh, you know, with Punk's tricep injury, right? Edge, was it a tricep too? I'm not sure what Edge's um, was. But it was another thing that kept him out for six, eight months. Rock out six, eight months with an injury. You yeah. know, is uh, ah man, I'm sure that the people who make the decisions for, you know, with him were not 
altogether happy. Sure. You know, um, and that's why I think he's going to call on me to handle quite a bit of the heavy lifting in that tag match. So, well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, let's do a few questions. We got tons of questions about WrestleMania moments and I want to hit. And some. this is, we're coming down to the end of Foley's pod. Winding it down, man. This was a fun uh, ride. I can't okay. thank you enough for uh, all the time. We've had a blast, right? Absolutely. I even mean, Grillo. Even Grillo. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a couple months to master his name, Dave Silva. Uh, Grillo for life. Grillo for life. But we all, we've always had a good time. Yes. Uh, and not that I didn't enjoy the ones we did uh, remotely, but coming in It's here, way more fun in person. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Way more fun in person. Uh, Ian Drew uh, Dice Clay, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, says, If Mick signed for the WWF in 1991 instead of WCW, what opponent from that roster would you have liked to have worked with at WrestleMania 7? Well, that was perfect for a taker match, right? It would have that been would have his, been great. Would have been his second mania. I think that would have been his first. Well, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, nine, seven was ninety one. Well, if I came in in uh, the fall of ninety one, like uh, like I did to WCW, yes, then maybe I could have been the nineteen ninety two mania opponent. Oh, there you go. But yeah, I love you know uh, such a fan of the original Undertaker and then all the incarnations over the years but that first one you know at that um, I could see with, you in there because I think Taker's opponent at eight was uh, with Jake yeah so yeah slide Jake out slide you in that uh, well, he had a good thing going with Jake too and yeah. you know, that was where Taker eventually worked himself into a corner where every opponent had to be bigger in some way than he was uh, whether it was Kamala or Bundy or Giant Gonzalez. And so I was a break from that in 90, well, just when I started feuding with him in 96. Um, and he really welcomed that. And I think he wanted to do more offensively and switch, shift gears a little bit. And so that was a great, greater program for me than it was for him, but still a really, I think a really good uh, shot in the arm for Undertaker as well. Instagram, a wrestling historian says, would you have ended your career at WrestleMania differently or was WrestleMania 2000 the way to go at the time? No, the way to go out was me and Triple H uh, riding off into the sunset. That was a perfect way to go. It was. So when I got the phone call from Jim Ross, now I will say that I went back on my word, but I will also say I was the only guy in history to try to talk anyone out of being in the main event. Yes. So when I said to Jim, uh, he Caught me, I think I was at my parents' house because I still had to go outside. I think I was visiting my parents, uh, you know, with the cord and go outside. And uh, hey, you guys, hey, we got a couple, we got something planned for you. And I thought I was going to host a panel or something like that. And he broke the news. I, he wanted me to be in the main event of Mania. My answer was, I, I just retired six weeks ago. And so you can ask Jim, it took some convincing for me. And that's when I was like, wow, children's college. I only had two kids, college education. I could put that directly. And, and so I'm glad I did get a nice payoff from it. But uh, in a perfect world, no, I was just fine with uh, ending it in Hartford with Triple H in the cell. Uh, Fantasy Booker Podcast says, any memories of your backstage segments with Santino Morella at WrestleMania 24 and 28? <laughs> yes, yeah, sure. I only knew there was one. I thought, oh, oh, oh. we did the uh, the thing with the uh, deadliest catch. I think where Santino oh, yeah, and I right. were acting like talking like pirates. It was, hey, look, it was it was fun. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it, and then I watched from the 
you know, the suite, you know, like 500 yards away. <laughs> I, I, I always get tickled at that when people get excited about getting a suite for WrestleMania. It's like, you're not going to see anything. So far Those away, some, you're going some to of the worst seats. With, you're going to talk with a handful of people. You're not going to pay attention. Yes. I remember Noel was so upset when we, we didn't go as a family to Mania the day after I was inducted. And I'm, my wife even said she had tears streaming down her face. And the next day I was like, honey, I said, there weren't, nobody even gave up their seat in the um, friends and family section. It's so overcrowded that it was at one point for a couple hours on the other side of the suite overlooking the parking lot with only a monitor to look at was me, Terry Funk, Nature Boy, or wow. Rick, and Sean Waltman. And I was thinking, like, I don't think my daughter would have been enjoying this, you no. know. So, yeah, it, it takes you. I, I, look, I've been in corporate suites, and they're great. They're a lot of fun, but it's not the best way to watch no. uh, a watch a show. Match. Yeah. No. Uh, Adam Arpin says, uh, "Do you know anything of the rumor that Jericho was originally penciled in for WrestleMania 2000 in the spot you had? Have you heard that before? No." I, Talking about in the main event? Yeah, the the um, I I man in every corner. There were promotional materials printed. With Chris in there. With Chris in there. But he joined in... 99. 99. It's the first time hearing of it, honestly. <laughs> That's what's always been interesting to me is to think, you know, it, I think everyone listening to this agrees, you should have been in that match in 99. And it feels like 2000 was maybe a make good. Yeah, it was. And it's interesting that we pivot from, we can't possibly have anything other than a singles match. Now it's a four-way. The next year. <laughs> the next year. So we didn't even go three first. We went yeah. straight to four. Right. Uh, but our pal Jim Ross often says, all that really matters is the money and the miles, the cash and the creative. <laughs> and I'm wondering, when everybody knew that WrestleMania 99 was supposed to be yours and you were supposed but to. But I don't think that was well known until years later. I mean, Mick, you're, you're in the title match in the January pay-per-view and the February pay-per-view, and then you're getting beat up by the new guy from WCW in March. That's a little weird. Okay. Um, and you're fresh off of that fantastic story at Survivor Series in 98, yeah, too. I mean, there's yeah. just. You had all that momentum, and especially coming off the cage the year prior, it just felt like, as a fan, that was your year. But, it, but Rock and I had Survivor Series. Yes. We had uh, the following month in December. We had I Quit in January. We had the uh, yeah, Survivor Series Massacre. Yeah. And we had Halftime Heat. Yes. And plus we had a handful of TV matches. So you felt so like you'd done it all. I thought like it would, the story was... Yeah, I thought the story was told really well. Clearly, you felt like that could have been your year, too, just based on you breaking down during the Kevin Kelly interview. You thought maybe that was going to be your, your year. I'm just wondering, I'm not asking for a specific, I'm just wondering, did, do you think JR put a little extra cheese on your Whopper? Because <laughs> we know historically the WrestleMania main event gets the biggest yeah, payday. Yeah, yeah. And so I know that a lot of people who are listening to this are simply listening from a fan perspective, and they hear the performer in you who says, man, I really wanted that main event. But there's also the businessman that says, hey, the main event also makes the most money. It was. It was really good. It wasn't the best payoff I've had because I did get paid uh, better for a couple of other matches. Sure. But it was good considering that I was out of it in 10 minutes. You know, I was and, talking about with Big Show. Oh, with Big Show? I can't remember. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if there was any extra cheese on there. I really don't. I can't recall. I don't recall so, being upset or happy. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a good sign, I guess. Yeah. 
here's a new one. Here's one from uh, Luke from Eastern Iowa. He says, if you had to show only one of your mania moments to a non-wrestling fan, which would it be? Well, we've already deduced I only had one really big mania moment. So I, I would show them uh, the uh, match with the Edge. I, I, I got to say, as much as I enjoyed that match, I would still think that WrestleMania 32 moment would be something to show a non-fan. With Rock? Well, just the, well, that was with Austin and. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But just, just the spectacle of 101,000. Oh, okay. You're, okay. You're talking about. No, no. I. Uh, but I did so much more. Oh, for it, sure. You know, I, I mean, that was cool to be out there among those people, for sure. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good with my um, moment with Edge. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania moment as a fan? Like when you th- you don't have to narrow it down to one if it's tough, but can you give us a few of your favorite as a fan? You're watching at home or backstage and you see it and you're like, man, that's, that's what this business is. Well, I mean, Brett and Austin, uh, 97. Um, were you watching that in the back? Yeah. Yeah. And that was really special. And that was really so badly needed because mania, if you recall, was on the verge of becoming just another show. It felt like it that year. It until was that match. It, I mean, the buy rate was very WCW beat it with uncensored. Did they really? Yes. Yeah. So I don't think it had become the destination that it later would. I, right. I know people came from around the world, but not in such big numbers. When do you remember that changing? Because I know now, you know, it went from it was a day and then it was a weekend. Look, now it's a whole I, week. Look, I, I got harangued, if that's the word, uh, for saying that Tyson was the most important guest we had uh, when I did the Legends Roundtable. But I, I stand by that. I think that that turned that from being a match into spectacular which is what it was always supposed to be i mean it was a spectacular the first few years but it it's it's bulb had dimmed a little bit by 97 and 98 boom there was no turning back and i think within a couple of years it was i mean 99 i remember the difference in going to the tv hotel and there just being hundreds of people swarming like uh i think that was to me that was the difference maker that's what felt like the difference maker to me. So your big mania moment is Austin, Brett, and then the... Uh, and then, the you Tyson. know, I mean, a couple that are standing out. Uh, didn't Sean and Kurt absolutely tear it down? Absolutely. Absolutely, which was uh, incredible. And then a, a, a couple of the matches that Taker had with Sean and the... Uh, 25 is yeah. unbelievable. And then the main, uh, the match they had, he had in Miami with... Um, Honor was uh, exceptional. So there have been so many great matches. It, it comes down to the ones that really make you feel something. You know, they really, and then, look, we, you know, I know we can't talk about Benoit much, but that was a great feel oh, good moment. Oh, 20 was unbelievable. Him and Eddie with the confetti. And uh, I mean, the idea that they proved just about everybody wrong as yes. to what could and could not uh, get over in WWE. So that was really, really special. Were you surprised? To see them in that spot, I mean, I think so many people felt like they were the two of the best wrestlers in the world, but they just didn't feel like maybe they yeah, had Vince's oh, for vision. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that was a really that was a really cool moment, and that that was at the Garden, right? Yes, the Garden. Yeah, so I had the big match uh, there. Talked with Jesse Ventura for a long time. The best of catering at Mania. <laughs> it really is the best of catering. Bruce Pritchard recently said he thinks if he had it his way. Every 10 years, WrestleMania would be back at the Garden. So 30, 
and 40, now 40 would have been at the Garden. 50, yeah. We know that that's not going to happen because it's, an, uh, it's a stadium yeah. show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you think, you know, we need one more Madison Square Garden uh, mania? You think that'll happen? I would love for 50 to take place there. Wouldn't that be cool? You know, make it the toughest ticket ever. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you sell it out. Well, and the, but the Garden notoriously is stingy on their split. Yeah. So, I mean, you'd be, for the sake of prestige, you'd be... Leaving a lot of money on the table. Leaving a lot of money on the table, you know? Well, we got one silly question we got to finish with. This is a fun one. Adam B. wants to know, if this is indeed the final podcast, could you please sing the funeral song? (laughs) (laughs) We have done so much silly stuff on this show, Mick. The funeral song. (laughs) I'll never forget when you broke that out. Grillo and I looking at each other like, "Are we really doing this? Is this really happening?" Because this was at a point when I would do the li- I would do the videos, yes, record them live with as a different characters. I don't have my dude stuff, but, uh, but I, and I prefaced it by saying, "Hey, look, you know, I know they're outside the box uh, moments to celebrate." And then instead of saying "dude love," I said "funeral." You go into a funeral, funeral. Let's put the fun in funeral. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I looked up at you guys and I said, You know this is a rib, right? No, we Let's had no idea. We were going with funeral. it. Funeral. We're not cameo experts. We were learning. <laughs> we're trying to learn. Man, I've had so much fun doing this podcast with you. It's been an absolute blast. Tell everybody where they can keep up, where they can see you in person. Well, you know, I am out there a couple times a month doing conventions and different things. You can go check me out at uh, realmigfoley.com. I can hit events. You can go to realmigfoley.com, just about anything. It can take you to the cameos. Uh, cameos, events, um, maybe uh, interesting news. Uh, just go there. I am keeping really busy. I'm going to slow down when I hit 60. That's the goal. And I know uh, we had a question a few months ago about politics, and I, I was really proud of the fact that we'd only talked, I think, once. Yeah. Like, fleetingly. But before I go, I just feel like I owe it um, to myself. Just to say, for everyone out there, please vote wisely. It's important. I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but please vote vote wisely. So now I'm relieved of that obligation. Yes. Uh, I can rest easy. But I've had a great time. Um Thank you to everybody who has uh, given me their time. I especially like, not that everybody who listens isn't great, but when I hear that somebody saying, it'll tell me, hey man, I have a you know 90 minute drive to work, 90 minutes back, and thanks for keeping me company. Yeah. So I know there are other podcasts that do much better you know, on, on uh, YouTube clips, mm-hmm. but I think the strength of this one is that we've, feel like we're keeping people company. Yes. You know, like I feel like we're pretty good road partners. And that's really important. Uh, you know, you when you're listening to nonstop music, after, I know there are times where I'm like, wait a second, I only went an hour? Like it seems like I've been in the car forever. But when you listen to a podcast and you, you know, and you like someone's company and you're kind of hanging with them. Um, you get lost in it, You can get lost in the time. It can make things go quicker. And so, uh, Hopefully, it's been a good uh, place to uh, find good company. I really appreciate all of you out there. I'm going to miss it. I really, sure. I, I really am. And I did mean to write the song to Wrestle Wap. Uh, I was going to say, weak ass punches. <laughs> I'd still like to do it, and I'll probably put it out as a video. And sure. Then, 
you guys can share it on Foley's Pod. Uh, so I guess we're saying goodbye, right? We're saying goodbye, but the YouTube channel will live on. If Foley ever gets a wild hair, you can check us out at FoleyOnYouTube.com. And don't forget, in the meantime, Real Mick Foley. And I was asked also by a good podcast, hey, can you come on for a while? And I said, listen, man, I'm just finishing my own, so I'm placing myself on a six-month podcast moratorium. Uh, so I, I feel like I feel be disrespectful to Foley's pod to just jump up as a, <coughs> a guest on someone else's podcast. Well, stay tuned. You never know where Mick's going to show up next, including maybe Philadelphia. I mean, you've had some fun in Philly before. Uh, I know, but I'm booked for all three days at the toy convention. But if the rock but, uh, calls, oh, if the rock calls, Hey, look, like I said, I did not intend to be at mania last year and Stacy Keebler called. Sure. So, uh, the rock, that would be a. <laughs> did I tell you my, before I go, this is pretty, did I tell you my rock Christmas story? I'm not sure. So, uh, you know, I, I go to great lengths to make the videos as good yes. as I can, and people will be like, my, what videos? Reason being, I do about 40 of them for colleagues, and, you know, I've got, a, uh, you know, some pretty heavy hitters in the wrestling business. So I had prefaced, I, I'd like said, hey, Rock, I'm going to be going out to film the videos because I incorporated Reindeer this year. And I didn't hear back from him. And then when I finished the filming, I said, hey, I'd send him a text. Hey, Rock, uh, did the filming. You know, I wasn't able to touch on any specific issues, but if you have any, let me know so I can uh, do it in a letter. And I didn't hear anything. So when I sent the video, I was like, I hope he gets it. Right. I sent the video, and the video is about three minutes long. Within 10 minutes, I get a voice message. Three and a half minutes long. It just... What a great, it's just a, it's just a really cool thing. So yeah. I, uh, Colette was in uh, another room, so I sent one of the kids with the voice message, and I looked in at my two younger boys and Colette, and they're like looking at the, <laughs> looking at the phone, and they're just marveling. And she came out and she wiped away a tear. She's like, "That's really beautiful." So that's a, I think that's a nice story. Hell yeah, it is. 25 years after I quit, 25 years after the, the the night of the chair shots, it's like, you know, Dwayne Johnson can bring tears to the Foley family's eyes. So uh, I'm really just, I'm really grateful for you giving me the opportunity. Grillo, oh, goodness. We're uh, thankful to you. Consider you guys friends for, you, for life. Absolutely. For life. I did this, though, but there's no Ric Flair energy drink. We didn't. The, the whole idea was to take a drink and then channel my inner nature boy. Really? Woo! Yeah, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> well, let me just say this. I, you know, maybe we can get you some to Philadelphia because I think... <laughs> you think they're going to call the, me? There's been a precedent now that three ways are allowed at WrestleMania, <laughs> and technically you are physically sitting at the head of the table. Did you... I mentioned I'd have to lose 70 pounds just to be in bad shape. So, uh, no, no. Nobody needs to see that. Nobody needs that. Now, whether I could be at ringside and, to, you know, take a Superman punch from Roman, I don't know. Or, I don't know. or maybe a little uh, rock bottom through the table. Wow, okay. Yeah, I wasn't know. thinking about yeah. that. I was thinking yeah. maybe... Well, Sacco for Solo. And just to put it out there, uh, Conrad, uh, 60s right around the corner. I think it'll do one final match. What? For my 60th birthday. Death match. You kidding around? I'm not kidding. I think it'd be a great incentive to drop those 100 big ones. 
Uh, and uh, I think it might be fun. And, and and do you think you would do this in WWE? No, no, I I don't think so because I think it would be you know pretty pretty uh, gory spectacle. And uh, just thinking about it, I put it out there to my uh, two of my kids, and they were like, "Would you get hurt?" I was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love you so honest. Yep, yep, that's what Dad does. Yeah, but I wouldn't have to get my brain rattled, right? right. Okay, yeah, I'm not averse to you know a few stitcheroonies here and there. It's just something I, I uh, six. Hey Grillo, go by uh, Mick Foley's Last Match dot com <laughs> right fast. Uh, this is exciting. Might be right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, it's not. It won't be for everyone, and 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 rightfully, people come on. That's not good for you. It's like if it could help me lose a hundred pounds, right? If that because that's what I'm missing is I did drop the hundred. But I, I, I mean, I had the uh, WrestleMania thing, and I was already down 50. And then I, uh, you know, I had Vince in my ear, you know, where I'd made the promise to him that I would be down 80. And I don't have any type of incentive. So I'm just, it's just something. It's that a motivator I'm, for you. Something I'm throwing out there. So this time next year, we might have to uh, revisit that option. Hypothetically, do you have a dream opponent in mind? Have you even thought about that? Moxley or Matt Cardona? Okay. How about that? I, th I think uh, Moxley would be the easiest, but Matt got, Matt has that, that, that heat in the deathmatch world. Sure. That could really make it uh, something cool. How about that? Breaking I can see you're scene. genuinely excited and scared for me. but um, Both. Both, yeah. Both. Yeah. But I, I w it would be great for you to shut that big mouth Matt Cardona up. Yeah, what, right? Yeah. It's the time to do it. I mean, he says he's the king of the uh, death matches. No, no, Does no. he know who he's talking no. to? Has he ever been to Japan? Nope. They don't king you call him the king of the death match. He ever beat Terry Funk? No, he never did. Nope. Yeah. Just saying. All right. Well, uh, we're ended on a high note, boys <laughs> and girls. Any final words today, Mr. Foley? This has been an absolute blast, and we can't thank you enough it's been a for great experience. Time. Really enjoyed it. Enjoyed every time we came in here. Uh, I, I tried my best to make it special by being in studio, which yes. I don't think many other people no. do. And uh, I really appreciate uh, taking a stroll down memory lane uh, for all of you who liked it and are now forlorn. Uh, you got plenty of other good people in your stable. Oh man, we're gonna have a great, great time together for many, many years. I just know it, and uh, people can enjoy the archives along with us. And if uh, I had to say one last word, it would be funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put the fun in funeral, funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, boys and girls. Mick Foley's coming to a town near you. RealMickFoley.com. Or uh, keep those archives alive. Foley on YouTube. Hey, hey it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what AdFreeShows.com is all about. Get early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-Free Shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and The Insiders. Plus new series like The Book with David Crockett, Monday Mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick, and a whole lot more. 
and you want to talk about early, you can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch alongs, Q and A's and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now, see for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And Hey, when you do the first week is completely free adfreeshows.com. <laughs>